Hello and welcome to Mork's Chat Sports. Uh, the first episode actually recorded from Harare uh, throughout this series. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Um, my guest today was capped by Australia, where he made his debut for the Wallabies in 2016 against France at the Stade de France. He's represented the Western Force and the Brumbies in Super Rugby. He then moved on to Connacht in Ireland for two seasons, where he played in the Pro 14. And he's now returned back to Perth, where it all started. Uh, and he's playing for the Western Force, where he played last season. And he'll be donning uh, the Western Force colours again in this season's Super Rugby competitions. I'd like to welcome, a huge thank you firstly, I'd like to welcome Kyle Godwin. Kyle, thank you so much for joining me, mate. How's it all going? Yeah, cheers, Rich. Thanks. Great to be on the show with you. Um, yeah, it's going well. We uh, just had a bit of a Christmas break uh, over the last couple of weeks, and we got a bit of a shock to the system the first couple of days back to training. Um, I think last Friday was uh, we had a Friday afternoon training session. It was 42 degrees, I'm sure. Oh, wow. That's, uh, everyone's heard of the Aussie sun, and it's scorching hot here in Perth, real dry heat. So we had a session with 42 degrees. But, yeah, enjoying being back in Perth and loving the sun. So... Yeah, and obviously getting out and about, so and getting the training done. Awesome, mate. Sorry that uh, for you guys, Super Rugby comes so soon after New Year's and Christmas. Um, but yeah, no doubt you're very happy to be back in in Australia in Perth, um, having spent a couple of years in Ireland. Um, so happy days. Like I yeah. always do, Kyle. I just want to sort of start, if that's all right with you, by chatting about. You know your background and and life in Zimbabwe before we chat about your 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 rugby career. Obviously, as we all know, Zimbabwe has produced some special rugby players. Um, it was only a couple of months ago that World Rugby released their team of the decade from twenty ten to twenty nineteen, and it so happened that two Zimbabwean born players were in the fifteen. We got Beast Tendaim Tawarira, and obviously David Pocock. Um, I'm sure you know David quite well and have played with him at, during your time at the Force, the Brumbies and for the Wallabies. Um, you were born in Zimbabwe, in Harare, before moving to Australia. What can you tell us and what can you remember about your life in Zimbabwe? And do you sort of still keep abreast on things happening in Zimbabwe? Yes, yeah, so I was born in Zim and uh, I lived there for the first nine years of my life. Uh, we lived in Borrowdale Brook, actually. Nice. Um, I attended St. Uh, Michael's Prep School. Um, my old man's a St. George's boy, so I think he, he wanted to send me <laughs> down the same path and make sure we beat those St. John's boys one day in the rugby. Um, <laughs> that could have been quite interesting. <laughs> so, um, yes. So my first couple of years, uh, I remember very fondly of Zim. Uh, uh, thorns in the feet. Making sure that I'm getting my, my bottom prepared for the cane when I was moving on to Hartman House. So I was prepared <laughs> for that. But unfortunately, um, the old boy and my and my mother decided that life in Australia would be better for us. Uh, I think at the time, I think my old man or someone was telling me when we left Zim, I think it was the to the US dollar was about 40 to 1. Mm-hmm. And within like a year or two, it had shot up to, a, you know, some exorbitant amount of a billion to one to the US dollars. So yeah. the old boy was pretty smart in getting out in the nick of time. So very thankful for that. But um, yeah, set, set up life in Perth from about eight, uh, eight or nine years on. And I've, I'm, a, I'm an Australian now and I've been happily living here uh, ever since. 
Okay, and and from a rugby standpoint, Kyle, what, do you remember uh, donning the the St Michael's colours, or do do you have any sort of rugby memories from Zim? Unfortunately, not. The only memories I had was playing with myself in the backyard, um, kicking the ball around. But for us um, at St Michael's, we we played cricket in summer, uh, and then we did soccer in winter. Okay. So my first ever like actual team sport was actually in a soccer team so uh, I didn't actually officially ever play in an official team in Zimbabwe and I actually only started that when I first moved to Australia but there was plenty of touch matches in the backyard in Zim I can remember fondly. I'm sure. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce your college right Kyle so I'm just going to read it and then if I, if I bog it no, you can correct it, me. After leaving Zimbabwe you moved to Australia where you attended Aquinas College in Perth. Is that right? Very close, very close. Aquinas, but very well, well, well tried, sir. I'm, I'm rolling with that again. So yeah, no, no. I, I think stick with it. It sounds good. Okay. I like your version. <laughs> okay. Please, can you talk us through your formative rugby career growing up in Australia? As I said before, so I didn't actually ever join an official team in Zim, but um, as soon as we moved to uh, Australia, I, I joined the local club side. Um, it was the column on the side it was the first couple of weeks um, spent a year or two playing there um, and then we actually moved further into into Perth um, close to the city we were living in the hills at the time and I changed clubs and unfortunately the club that I was meant to go to we were playing a year or two above and um, my we played the first game and it was a contact game so we are versing guys older than us and I literally got absolutely clobbered uh, so the old boy pulled me out of that club pretty quickly and sent me to Soaks where I've been a Soaks man and ever since and it's it's, a, it's, a, it's my club for life so I'm a, I'm a Soaks man through and through so I've been been there ever since and there's a lot of ex-Zimbies and ex-Africans who also stroll stroll down to that club and have a great time so uh, for me my formative years of playing was down at the Soaks down at the Boneyard we call it and then obviously playing for my school Aquinas College um and lucky, I was lucky enough uh, as I got a bit older to get picked up in some representative sides and then was able to join the Western Force Academy and from there all kind of progressed on. So, yeah, very very lucky that um, I had a few selectors that thought that I had a bit of potential and put a lot of time and effort into me and which really helped shape me uh, in achieving, which I had at the, the age of a five-year-old in Zim of playing professional rugby one day. So, 2012 was a, was a massive year for you, Kyle. Um, you were part of the Australia Under-20 Junior Rugby Championship side uh, that took part in the tournament in South Africa. Um, in that same year, 2012, you then made your debut for the Western Force in Super Rugby. During your time with the Force, in your first stint, you excelled and you won several accolades along the way. You won Rookie of the Year, and you also won the Nathan Sharp medal in 2013. What can you tell us about your time at the Western Force? And can you also tell us and elaborate a little bit about some of the players uh, who influenced your career uh, during your time at the Force? Yeah, so um, obviously my first ever opportunity at um, living my dream of playing professional rugby was with the Western Force. uh, I remember in about 2008, uh, 2007, I think, when the Western Force became a professional side in Perth, 
that really just ignited my dream to try and represent them one day. And lucky enough, I think four or five years later, I got the opportunity of playing for them. Um, absolutely love my time at the Force. Um, I've got lifelong friends that um, that I've met at the Force and still talk to to this day. And funny enough, some of them are still playing as I've returned back now at the Western Force. So, you know, it's a, it's a great club. Um, uh, always forever thankful for the opportunity that they gave me. Uh, they put, As I said before, they put a lot of time and effort me in my junior years and tried to develop me. And there was a lot of great coaches and mentors who believed in me and um, gave me the confidence to pursue this career. And, um, yeah, forever grateful um, for the Western Force and the opportunities they gave me. And absolutely love the club, and that's why I'm back here again to re- re- represent them. Fantastic. A nice little return. Yeah. Uh, for Kyle Godwin yeah. to the force, which we'll get onto yeah. in a little while. Um, I want to talk, Kyle. This must this must have been a, a pretty special moment for you, uh, winning your your Wallaby cap um, in 2016. You were part of the Wallabies end of year touring squad, and you made your debut against the French at the Stade de France. Australia won 25 points to 23. Um, you you played in the number 12 jumper. And alongside you was David Pocock, who, if correct me if I'm wrong, was actually captaining that day. Um, what was it like making your debut, and what can you remember about the week prior leading up to the game? Yeah, um, I've got very fond memories of that week, um, especially for the fact that I got, got to share that experience with David Pocock. Uh, he's a great mate of mine, and like you said before, I've had, had the privilege of playing with him in a number of teams over a number of years and um, he's someone that I look up to and respect and uh, see him as a massive role model so to play my first test alongside him and for him to captain it was yeah truly special as I remember being extremely nervous on the Monday or the Tuesday when my name was announced and I think my old boy was on his way to France anyway to come and visit me um, and he got a nice surprise when he touched down in uh, Charles de Gaulle airport to let him know that I'd be starting that week for Australia. So, um, and a great experience, and it's an unbelievable stadium. I, I couldn't couldn't have asked for a better, a better, better debut experience. Uh, we we got the win. Mm-hmm. We played in front of ninety thousand crazy French fans, and unbelievable atmosphere. And I, I cherish that one forevermore. So, that must have been so special. And as you say, good to yeah. get one over the French as well. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, and then, Kyle, so obviously you spent time at the Force. You then moved on to uh, the Brumbies in Canberra um, and you played the 2017 and 2018 season with the Brumbies in Super Rugby. What was it like moving across to Canberra, playing for the Brumbies, and uh, how did you come to that decision of, of moving on from the Force and, and ultimately yeah. moving to the Brumbies? Yeah. Yeah, I had... Um... I had, um, at the time when I made the decision to move to the Brumbies, I'd spent about six or seven years at the force. Um, and I uh, and I had the opportunity uh, present itself where Stephen Larkin, we all know Stephen Larkin, the greatest, one of the greatest Wallaby Tens of all time, mm-hmm. um, came and spoke to me and said that he was very interested in coaching me. Um, and at the time during my game, I felt that my game needed a bit of a change and I also needed to learn off someone um, as special and as great as him and I just thought it was an opportunity that I couldn't turn down uh, even though I was moving to the, 
the capital of Australia, which is not much going on there. But in terms of moving there to get the opportunity to play alongside someone like Christian Leofano, David Pocock again, uh, be coached by Stephen Larkham, you know, it was, it was something that I, I literally felt that I couldn't turn down and helped me progress as a rugby player and also push higher for Wallaby Honours. Um, yeah, I absolutely love my time in Canberra. Um, it's a it's a it's a really special program that they run there. Um, you can see why it's the most um, successful Australian Super Rugby side. Um, the way they train there and the way they go about their business is um, top notch and they're extremely professional. So it's a it's an extremely professional program, um, and I learned a lot there. So yeah, as I said, it was it, it was definitely something that I, I cherish and really happy that I made that decision to move there. As I said, I felt like I grew as a person as, and as a player. So um, even though um, nightlife isn't the best in Canberra, but some people would disagree with me there and I spent a number of weekends up in Sydney. Um, yeah. yeah, what is the, what is the lifestyle like? What, how does it differ from Perth and, and Canberra? As you say, not too much going on. How does it work? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It depends on, it depends on the person. Uh, I, I'm a Perth boy. I grew up living next to the ocean, in the water the whole time, so it was a bit of a shock for me. But you know, you can get some country boys that go in there, and it's it's a big city to them. Um, but there there is still stuff going down in Canberra. It's, it's it's a good, it's a great city. It's got got a bit of history there in terms of like the War Museum, and it's obviously Parliament House. It's where all the big dogs make their decisions to make sure Australia runs well. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, as I said, like. You can't compete with the rugby program that they've got there. It's, it's an incredible program, and that's why they won the Super Rugby last year, and that's why they're in the most successful Australian rugby side to be in Super Rugby. So, yeah. So, at the end of that uh, twenty eighteen season with the Brumbies, Kyle, you then moved over to Ireland, which again that must have been an even bigger cultural change for you, I'm sure, and you signed for Connacht. Um, can you talk us through your time there, what you learnt as a person, as a rugby player, and can you also elaborate a little bit more about the differences in terms of the way rugby is played there, the style of rugby in the Pro 14 as compared to Super Rugby in the Southern Hemisphere? Yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, at the end of my time at the Brumbies, I made a decision to... Um, uh, go overseas and get a new experience again. Uh, at the time, I was on the fringes of Wallabies and I felt that I needed to move away to kind of expand my game to come back a better player and push my case for Wallabies. And Connor uh, put their hand up and were interested in signing me, so I took with both open arms. And I remember speaking to the coach at the time and he warned me about the rain and <laughs> I didn't realise quite so much until I arrived there. And I reckon, I think, for the first six weeks of me being in Galway, where where Connacht is, it rained every day, and I didn't see the sun. So that was a that was a real rude shock to how how I was about to live my life. Coming from Super Rugby, where the ball's mostly dry and quick and um, and and fast, to a totally different game there. Um, and there's Northern Hemisphere rugby, and then there's rugby played in Galway at the sports ground, which is <laughs> the the brunt of the wild. They call it the wild wild west out there because it's literally you got the wide Atlantic literally right at your doorstep there, throwing all sorts of uh, storm patterns their way. So um, I, I learned I learned some tough lessons, but I learned pretty quickly, and I, I actually 
learned to really grow the game up in the Northern Hemisphere. It's as you said, it, it is a different game to Super Rugby, um, and I think the big reason behind that is this is so weather weather dependent. Um, weather has such an influence on how the game's played there, but you can see that the teams there are, are wanting to play. Um, this expansive style, they're wanting, they're playing with good shape, they're good structure, and that's why you, you see this. I, I feel the Northern Hemisphere teams over the last five, seven, ten years have progressed so well um, in catching because you always felt like the Southern Hemisphere sides were the innovators of rugby and they were a bit behind, and you can see that's kind of shifted massively, I find. Um, um, as I said, like, yeah, it's a totally different ball, a different game there, but crew to love it. Um, yeah, very weather dependent, and in terms of Galway as a as a place, it's unbelievable crack, as the boys would say in Ireland. Um, yeah, I, I met as I said, and that's the beauty of rugby. You know, every club I've been to, I've met some really lifelong friend, friends along the way, and I think, as you know, and as obviously you would have played a lot of sport in your time. It's that's the beauty of it. You make your you make your lifelong friends, and they're with you forevermore. So, um, got some awesome friends in Ireland who love drinking Guinness too much <laughs> and um, yeah and uh, having a good time I've, uh, the sense of humour of the Irish and I've never been felt so welcomed into a community like I was in, in Connacht so it's, it's, yeah, it holds a very special heart, uh, place in my heart as you say rugby and Guinness is uh, yeah. is their life hey? um, are, you, are you a yeah. fan of Guinness? I do enjoy I do enjoy Guinness, but when you when you're drinking too much Guinness and you find yourself passed out of the woman's toilet, then you know you're not too much. <laughs> I think I need to yeah. also learn when when is enough. Uh, maybe maybe five yeah. and then stop. Don't have ten. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I tend to agree with you. I, a couple of Guinnesses and then move on to something else. They're a good little starter to, for the evening. Exactly, something. Do you know the rules lighter. behind drinking a Guinness. Uh, with the harp. Got to get it in between yeah, gotta, the harp gotta, and the and you the letters. Cut the harp, and then there's. I think true Guinness fans have to. You have to drink it in maybe three or six sips. I can't remember. So and you've got to have form the circles around each each sip you make. So so it's it's pretty <laughs> full on, isn't it? Fanatics. Yeah, I'm I'm well and truly not at that level yet. You know, I'm happy just to try and attempt to split the harp. That's me. That that's the level I'm at. <laughs> but. Um, so there you go. There's your uh, dose of Irish culture that came along uh, with, with your move to Connacht. And no doubt, I'm sure you, you thoroughly enjoyed your time in Ireland as, as you spoke pretty passionately about, about your time there. Um, after, after, your, after your time in, in Connacht came to an end, um, you, made, you made a miraculous return, Kyle. You moved back to Perth and you signed for the Western Force. Um, who had just reintegrated into the Super Rugby competition? Um, you guys, uh, you had a, you had a good season. I believe you were in the centres with Richard Kahui, former All Black winning uh, centre. Um, and now this season, Kyle, there's there are a couple of Super Rugby com- competitions um, due to the the pandemic. So, starting in in February, as fate would have it. The Western Force take on your old side, the Brumbies, um, in the Australian Super Rugby competition. And then in May, there is the Trans-Tasman Super Rugby, which will obviously include the the New Zealand Super Rugby sides as well as the Australian Super Rugby sides. Going forward into 2021, Kyle, uh, hopefully a better year for, for all of us, um, especially you guys down in Australia. 
Um, what are what are your, some of your goals for the year um, and for the upcoming season? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, as you say, hopefully it's a better year for all of us. Twenty twenty was probably one to forget for for most people. Um, uh, yeah, for us, it's um, for me. Um, I've had, I've had, as I said before, I've had the privilege of playing in a number of teams and made the quarterfinals in a Super Rugby one year and the quarterfinals with Connacht in the Pro 14 and I've never progressed further than that. So um, for me to push my case um, and be a part of a team that wins a title would be great to, to feel like I can say I've achieved that in my career. That'd be awesome. For myself to be a part of a team that wins the Super Rugby title would be great. Um, and then from a personal point of view, it's... Obviously, we've got some really tight competition in the centres this year. Um, you got, like you said before, Richard Kahui, he's a great all black. We've got Tavita Kuandrani in the centres, plays for Australia. Um, we've got Henry Tafu, who's also um, a Samoan international. And then we've got uh, young Grayson Makira, who's, who's not well known now, but I, I truly believe that he's going to be one of the great Australian centres. In, in the years to come, he's a he's a classy thirteen up and coming Perth local boy. So, for me to cement a spot in the in the starting group would be great. Uh, competing against all those guys, then obviously if all goes well, hopefully put my hand up for more Australian Test duty honours. That's that's the goal for me. Absolutely, Kyle. We mentioned your one Australian cap at the at the top of the show, and I hope for your sake, um, you can certainly build on that and. And get get a call up back into the Wallaby side um, for I guess a lot of international rugby against the All Blacks, Argentina, um, and and perhaps even the Springboks. That that'll be pretty special. And th- and that kind of brings us, Kyle, to the end of the more formal part of the chat. Um, and I've just got a couple more quick fire questions for you. Um, Perfect. Hit me. Hit me with them. Okay. Sounds good. So I want to know who your favourite rugby player was growing up in Australia. Growing up in Australia, Stephen Larkin. Um, watching him orchestrate and throw the ball around was pretty impressive. Uh, the best player that you have played against? Played against? Best player that I've ever played against? Um, I think Ma Nonu in the oh, centres. That's a good shot. I had a tough time at the office that day. <laughs> yeah, I think I got bumped one or two times. He's still going, um, isn't he? He's going... He's still going, yeah. He's, Unbelievable. Um, I think he's uh, playing in uh, in America at the moment. Oh no, he's back in back in France, I think. Yeah. Back in France, but yeah, he um yeah <laughs> had a tough day at the office with him. I can imagine what it must be like being in the centres and you got Nonu charging at you. But uh, <laughs> cool, Kyle. So the the penultimate question of our our chat today. Um, you've obviously played with a lot of uh, world class players in your in your career so far. Can you give us a backline from all the players that you've played with? Your your dream backline, let's say, of all the players that you've had the pleasure of taking the field with. I'd say at nine, Willie Genia. Uh, at ten, uh, Jack Carty. Uh, played with him at Connacht and he's played for Ireland at the World Cup. At uh, twelve, uh, we've got Bundyaki. Uh, okay. Irish centre big, big Irish 13, uh, yeah 13 we have Tavita Kuandrani. Um on one wing we've got Henry Spate on the other wing 
Let me think about that. Number 15. Uh, the other wing, we got Luke Morahan. Okay. Who's uh, um, at Bristol Bears right now. And at 15, Dan Halepetti. Halepetti. Okay. Yeah. He can kick it a mile. Yeah, he's a, he's a classy player. So me and my Zim mates, we always talk about like the old, you know, Clarkie and, and Rod Kafer and the boys and Mardo and all them. And we have this, yeah. this this line and it's like, oh, gee whiz, Mark Gerard, he kicks it further than <laughs> I, I go on holiday. I love that. I love that one. That's a lovely Aussie accent there, mate. I like <laughs> it. One time tomorrow in, in Australia. Yeah, I'll, I might change my flight to, to you Perth. Go, you can c- come here and be a tradie and do smoke, eh? <laughs> If I can get my hands on a sack of goon, mate, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> we digress. And Kyle, my last question to you. After a tough day in the office, um, who is your preferred drinking buddy to, to go out and, and have a couple of cans of Foster's? Foster's? Eesh, Foster's. I don't know if we drink Foster's that often, to be honest. That's, that's a myth, you know. You know, No, no Aussies drink Foster's. Really? Huh? Ah, but, um, I'm learning it would today. probably be... Um, I mean, you, know, you have to pick players that are, that are great at drinking. Um, and I've got one of my best mates, Dave Horwitz. He's a lovely drinker. And then Petey Robb as well. He's All a right. massive Irish centre. Classy, great on the field, but spectacular off the field. <laughs> so he would be one to drink with. There you go, Kyle. Awesome. Um, Kyle, yeah. that, that kind of brings us to the end of our, of our chat today. Um, I do, I, I, I'm, I'm, extremely, I'm extremely grateful to you for taking the time out to sit down with me today. Um, you've told us some some cool rugby stories, and also I've learned a little bit about uh, life in the in the Irish pubs. And I'm grateful to you for for the sit down today. Cheers! Thank you very much, Rich. Uh, it's been a pleasure being on the show with you today, and thank you very much for yeah spending a bit of time having a chat with me. Um, you know, there's, there's Zimbies all over the world right now, so it's it's great that we still have a strong community and. Despite the the distance, yeah, you know we're all very proud to be Zimbabwean, and uh, and we're proud to have you representing us too, Kyle. Thank you so much, <laughs> and uh, go well. Enjoy the fitness test later. Yeah, cheers. Thank you very much, man. Thanks for your time. Thanks cheers, for the mate. Call. Bye.